Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast. Uh, we are back after a brief little break there. We know that our last episode was uh, delayed by just a little bit because, you know, life happens. But, Jason, we're back. We are back. And you're calling me by the wrong name, Bucky. <laughs> um, but you're back with Bucky and Diamond on the Kevin and Jason. Midnight Terrors podcast. <laughs> Yeah, man, we're we're back after. Uh, I, think we have, I think we have something interesting going on today. Oh boy, do we! But yeah, we're back after uh, a little little break. Um, we haven't recorded in a couple weeks, but uh, possibly by this point we will have put out the the lost episode. I can't. I haven't decided yet at the time of recording if it's coming out before this one or right after. But uh, uh, our last episode was a lot of fun. We crossed thirty episodes a couple weeks ago, and we. Uh, we did Ghostbusters a couple weeks back. That was fun, and uh, we just yep. we're just trying to outdo ourselves each episode. And we had to bring in the big guns for this one. Uh, we uh, we have a guest here with us uh, again. One of our earliest podcasting friends. Uh, I met this gentleman through our Instagram. Uh, because we interviewed um, a mutual uh, couple of guests. We both interviewed Harley and Tyler of Scream the Fan Favorite. And uh, we got to talk in by listening to each other's interviews. And uh, he's been one of our good buddies ever since. And we're finally getting him on the show and doing a big crossover event. So we would like to welcome James from I Was a Teenage Film Snob. Good evening. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm a huge fan of the show and thrilled uh, to be on here. Um, big, yeah, big, big fan of your show. I listened to a couple episodes recently that were just, uh, just uh, top tier podcasting the way I feel. <laughs> so Aww, really thanks, enjoying man. you as an. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Um, yeah. I, uh, well, what I'm what I'm hearing, Bucky, is that we're just letting anyone on our show now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. We absolutely are, man. We want to. We're not. We're, we're, we're not. Anybody out? Anybody out for the street can come on our show now. Hey, Jason. Here's the thing. We're not cool guys. We are not one to turn people away <laughs> that want to be our friends. No, that's true. You're so right, you're right. We're just a couple oh, of. Yeah. I would disagree. Like my philosophy in my show is that I want to interview cool and interesting people, and you guys are on the, the guest list there. So yeah. uh, <laughs> obviously, like the the measure of cool from me, like, <laughs> take that for what it's worth. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Jameson, come on now. I feel all warm and fuzzy. So he can come yeah. On now. Our heart grew three <laughs> sizes today. Uh, it but did. <laughs> but uh, no, man. We uh, we're big fans of your show. Likewise. Um, again, I've I've been. Uh, Getting to chat with you for the last few months after we both interviewed uh, Harley and Tyler, your interview was fantastic, and uh, you got you. a you got a whole you know podcast celebrating uh, film in general. So uh, before we you know dive into some horror talk, why don't you why don't you give uh, people a little insight about what your podcast is about? Besides having yeah, the most not. besides having the most amazing name ever for a podcast. Thank you. I, I look. I don't like to brag, but I was pretty proud of the name. Um, you'll notice. You'll you'll notice that I also try to make every episode title a pun, and there's very few that aren't a pun. But I really try to make it work. Every like, I'll scratch my head. I'm like, geez, how am I going to get this one done? I need something, and it can't just be a pun. It has to relate to the content in the show as well. So I'll give you guys a, a sneak peek. There's an episode coming out this tomorrow, actually. And uh, we're doing the 90s at the moment in my show. And the guest mentioned Shawshank Redemption. And her last name is Schultz. So the episode's called The Shawshank Redemption. It's a mouthful, <laughs> but that's what I've got. Great. Uh, yes. My, uh, Great movie, too. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, the premise of my show is very simple. I want to talk to movie fans who love talking about movies, uh, cool, interesting people. And I have a very specific philosophy, which is that if every movie is someone's favorite film, then there are no bad films, which makes me pretty much the number one punching bag on the internet. And that's fine uh, <laughs> because people only use the internet to hate on films. Um, but basically it came out of a place a few years ago during COVID where I was like, you know what? If I'm only enjoying 25% of the films that I'm watching, then I'm doing this wrong. So I'm going to reframe the way I approach this and just uh, watch films the way I used to when I was a kid, like just for the pleasure of it. And once I kind of, you know, changed that angle and stopped being so critical, it's been like a really fun journey. So now it's it's all about, well, now that I'm in that positive place, I'm going to try and spread that positivity and also like just get other people on and see what they love because... You know, there's plenty of films I haven't seen. I've seen a lot. Like I watched, you know, two to three hundred a year. I try to, but there's plenty I haven't seen. So get them on, talk about fun stuff, and you know, get me more excited about movies, and hopefully get them excited about it as well. So that's uh, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Um, and I don't shut up. So like, if you want to come <laughs> to the show, please come. But it's like two hours minimum for most of these episodes, and there's a Batman one which is over three hours. So there we go. Well, um, that's uh, well, that's what we do too. Uh, that's <laughs> how we. That's how we got started. We were talking about that a little bit off air earlier. Um, but, uh, you know, Bucky and I, we can just sit here and talk shit for like three hours about movies that we love or movies that each other need to watch or whatever. Um, and uh, that's how, you know, we got started too. We were just like, dude, we're going to bullshit on the phone for like three hours. <laughs> Might and, as well put uh, it in front of an audience. We... Yeah, that- exactly. That's it. And that's the other thing. Like I used to work um, in I, my first job was in a video store. Um, for those of you too young to know what that is, a video store was like Netflix in a building um, <laughs> for the listeners who are a bit younger. But I used to do that. And there was a, a brief stint where I was slinging DVDs uh, for a job as well. So like through all those jobs, I was talking about movies every day with people who knew what they were talking about or, you know, just want to talk about. And then like I did a couple of jobs where, I worked in call centers where you weren't really allowed to talk to your coworkers. Or I worked in jobs where people just didn't like, I worked in a job where people didn't watch movies. I'm like, what are you talking about? Um, and it really bummed me out. So between that and my change of heart about how I approach films, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get a podcast going again. I've done a couple of the past and they've had various success, but this is a chance for me to control it myself. It's my show, not being a, you know, not being a bully, just I can then do it the way I want to. And I can just get in a rotating co-host every week. And we you know we'll talk about the movies they love and, and get excited again. It gives me that place to kind of, get it out of my system because otherwise I'm not talking to people about movies. I'm like, well, that's half the fun. Like half, like the movie doesn't end when the credits roll. Like the movie ends when you finish talking about it two days later. Like that's how movies work. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, again, you have, you have such a, like a wide variety of, of topics when it comes to film on your show. Like for us, it's awesome because we're, you know, we love doing our show, but we're strictly a horror podcast, but we, wa- we watch all types of stuff. And we made mm. mi- we made Midnight Terror, so we had an outlet to celebrate horror. Um, but we still like when we're not recording the show, or sometimes when we are recording the show. If you've listened to our Crow episode, then you know what I'm talking <laughs> about. Uh, or be- um, or your Thirty Days of Night episode. There was a really lovely X Men tangent, which yeah. I was all about. So. And then we had a 15-minute Batman talk, and, uh, you know, especially, like, even during our Horror Bracket War episodes, we were talking about different directors and, you know, different types of film. But, like, at, at its core, we are film lovers as well, and I love that your show is just the embodiment of, let's talk about the overall impact that film has on every single one of us, mm. and... uh it's a great show. Like I said, I, I got introduced to your show when you interviewed uh, the amazing and talented Harley and Tyler from Scream the Fan Favorite. Fantastic interview. Everybody go listen to 
James's episode on uh, on Scream the Fan Favorite, and uh, you know, again, ever since I've been a big fan of you, and I love the you're such a big supporter of all the other podcasts too in the in the community, which is uh, which is so important, and that's you know one thing we found is that everybody in the podcasting community is all about building each other up and, you know, just being friends and talking about our various interests with each other. hundred percent. And like, thank you for the lovely words. Like, uh, likewise, you know, which is such a minimal way to respond to that, but like, I, I love <laughs> your show as well. And I'm a big fan of the way you guys do. I was talking to you the other day about the dynamic that you and Jason have also, by the way, huge Kevin Smith fans were in a room with Kevin and Jason. Very excited. Hey. Uh, get <laughs> yep. that joke out nice and early. I definitely busted it before we started recording, but let's get it on wax. Um, <laughs> But no, like I was always, I grew up in a period of time and I don't know whether you'll relate to this, Kevin, but I think Jason being a bit older, you might. When I grew up, when I went to school, the internet was first introduced. Like there was a time before the internet for me in school. So when it finally came around, I was always told, well, you know, be careful. The internet's a very scary, negative place. And that's kind of the stereotype that has been for most of my life. So when I started this podcast, I was like, well, let's change that. And, you know, I'm not saying that I'm the one who did it, but what I've discovered is that there's so many lovely, friendly, supportive people out in this film community and podcasting community that I'm just trying to shine a light on it. Like, just keep, like, it doesn't have to be all creeps and perverts and horrible, you know, nasty things. It can be quite a fun place. I mean, some, we need some because otherwise we wouldn't have well, horror. I mean, like, we need our creeps and perverts. Like, <laughs> otherwise, you, otherwise you don't get maniac, you know, you need creeps and perverts. So I get it. But, like, <laughs> I just well, wanted know, to make climbed, a more positive, supportive place as well. <laughs> I climb into, into Kevin's DMs uh, a little bit and uh, say some inappropriate shit, but you know. <laughs> not not my DMs. He's talking about Kevin Smith. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel better, I'm the only person out of the group of us that interviewed Harley and Tyler that grossed them out with a really bad human centipede <laughs> joke. Like, everyone, else, everyone else played it cool. I was like, let me just see where their button is. Let's find out. <laughs> I think where the line is. Can I step the line? Right. Like, there's the well, line. I, I said it. once when they, when they laughed, but really awkwardly, I said out, I'm like, okay, so that's the line. Now I know where to go. Like, there's the like, line, and you yeah. just jumped right, right over it. <laughs> yeah, someone's got to do it. Yeah, right. I, um, I also made a really inappropriate joke on We Love Horror, hosted by Michael at the very end. I didn't know I was going to do it. We we're wrapping up, <laughs> and I made a boner joke. So who hey. knows what's going to happen tonight? All hey, I'm saying you know is, what? Look, I'm just I, a fan. I am a habitual line stepper. Uh, so. <laughs> I, uh, I have offended, you know, I, I've offended international <laughs> artists everywhere. There's two Americans in a row, so. I got two more so, in front of me. We'll just see how the night For some progresses. reason, yeah. when, when Jason chimed in just now, when you said the thing about the boner joke, I thought for yeah. sure Jason's comment was going to be like, well, you know, I, for one, do get boners, so. <laughs> 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 and I was like. Well, we just. We just talk about everyday life. Things yeah. happen. Hey, I mean, yeah. the, most na- the, yeah, the most natural. Things come up, guys. You know? Things the, come up. The most natural. <laughs> boy, do they. <laughs> the most uh, the bo- the most natural thing that's happened on the show is Jason taking a piss while on the microphone and not knowing how to turn the microphone off. So I remember you talking about that. <laughs> I was very, I was tickled by that. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, but uh, well, no. Bucky was like, Bucky was like, um, I was thinking about cutting it, but I think it'll leave it in. And I'm like, yeah, leave it in. <laughs> and he did it. In well, style. he did it when we had guests on the show too. So, I, yeah, I, got, feed, I got feedback recently where um, I, w- I was unwell a few weeks ago. I've been unwell for the last couple of weeks, um, and I was like, "Well, I'm gonna, still going to podcast. Like, I'll just get through it. Like, it's my yeah. it's my favorite thing to do." So I just flipped the mic up when I had to cough, and I got feedback on the latest episode. And one of my friends said, "Hey, 
I know you're not doing it, but just so you know, when you lift your mic up, it sounds like you're ripping a massive fart, and you do it about eight <laughs> times in the episode. And I was like, oh, that's good to know. I guess I'll have to put a disclaimer on the future episodes. Guys, not farting. Or just you, put a mic on yeah. it. Or you know what? Just own up to it, man, and just and just say, you know what? Yeah, I did rip a massive fart. <laughs> They're like, I can see why he doesn't get more listens. Like it makes sense. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's that's a great idea for a podcast. Is just is just fart noises and intermixed with your serious conversation. So we'll just call it the Fart House, and it'll be Art House Cinema, and uh, yeah. and just ripping. Yeah, you know. I love it. No, uh, no, man. We, in all seriousness, we are big fans of you. We're happy to have you on, and uh, we're happy to talk uh, about some horror movies with you. In particular, one that we're going to do today. But before we dive into the actual movie pick, uh, we always start the uh, the guest uh, episodes in the same way with a particular question. But I'm going to let Jason deliver this because he has rephrased it to the most beautiful delivery ever. Yeah, I think I think uh, we'll just call the first like 15 minutes of every episode. Um, what fucked you up? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because, because that is the question is uh, if, if you're a horror movie fan, um, you know, from your childhood or, you know, even something recent, um, like kind of how did you get into horror or what was like a horror movie that just fucked you up? <laughs> Um, I still got take this question very seriously. I've been considering it uh, since I heard you ask it on the last episode. I, the last one was, was Golden Gambit, and I was like, "Well, I've got to, you know, yes, I've got to get my answer right." <laughs> and, uh, and and it's a multi, as you'll notice with me, if you have if you're not familiar with my show, what you'll notice is that there's a multi-part answer to any question. You'll ask me a very easy question, and I'll talk for forty minutes. Uh, so, <laughs> we love it, man. We love it. <laughs> so horror, horror. The introduction to horror was a, a multi-step thing for me. The first time I remember being freaked out wasn't even by a movie. It was in 1994. I went and saw The Lion King with my aunt. I want to say. And on the way out of the cinema, a uh, big poster of Interview with a Vampire. Well, that picture of Tom Cruise as a vampire freaked me out for the longest time. Never Didn't say the movie until I was in my late 20s. Just never thought about it again. But that initial image and that fascination with the macabre stuck with me. I was really into that. Um, Interesting. And wow. one of my favorite movies, too. Yeah. Great movie. Great one of, movie. Our, one of our favorite uh, vampire movies, for sure. So that was, I guess, like the first kind of introduction. And of course, going to the video store every Friday or Saturday with my dad's like... The horror section was forbidden. I wasn't allowed to watch kind of anything over a PG. And even then, like my dad had to have a serious debate whether he let me watch Men in Black. Um, like just to give you a bit of a, an idea. Like, he was like, I'll watch it first just to make sure it's suitable for you, which is fine. Like I don't criticize my dad. Like I love my dad. Like but just looking back, that's very funny. So I would look at all the VHS art. And then once I got to work in a video store, I would literally just sit and watch, look at the VHS art all the time. Um, but I guess the first horror movie I watched would have been Robert Rodriguez's The Faculty. Um, oh, nice. and that was my Ooh. first that was my first taste it was kind of a little wow. like a little entree into into horror um there are two that really messed me up the first one is final destination mm-hmm. um okay so i was about 12 or 13 when i saw it definitely too young to watch it and didn't tell my parents i watched it because they would have been like well you're not allowed to watch it so you get what you you know you, you get what you deserve <laughs> um <laughs> but that was the first violent horror film i saw um and like i love that franchise and they get sillier and wackier as they go on which makes it really fun to watch but the first death where um i can't remember i think it's todd if i remember correctly gets strangled by the the bath cord mm-hmm. like yes i i was yep. sitting on the floor watching that movie by the end of that scene i was on my feet i was me- i was just like jesus christ i've never seen anything like this before 
the lights are off and we're here with a couple of friends and they're all laughing at me because I've, you know, been terrified. <laughs> you know, the thing the movie is supposed to do, I've reacted the appropriate way and they laugh at me. Uh, That's how it goes, um, man. So that one messed me up and it, it was particularly messed up because A, I'd never seen something so, I think it was the suffering that came with it. It wasn't just like, you know, someone getting their head cut off or getting stabbed. Like, he is trying not to die for a long time in that movie. Yeah, yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah. and as He's a struggling. Yeah, and as a 12, 13-year-old, um, it was just so confronting. I just didn't know how to process it. sat with me for a little while. Um, but then, like, within, like, a, a month or so, I was like, oh, I love that movie. Like, I want more of that. Like, it just took a little while to digest. Because the other kills are nowhere near as full-on. Like, you get someone hit by a bus, someone gets some knives full in them, uh, you know, guy gets his head cut off. They're pretty, they're pretty basic kind of horror kills. But that first one is just so upsetting. Um, so that was sure. the first one that messed me up. But the film that really messed me up um, was 2005, um, Neil Marshall's The Descent. The Descent. Oh, Jason, um, one of your favorites, buddy. Love I the love Descent. that movie so much. That yes. is the first movie that made me cover my eyes. I'd never covered my eyes in a horror film before. Because um, after the, after the fun, after Fun Destination, I kind of went down a rabbit hole. I started watching, you know, like Resident Evil was really appealing to me because um, I was thirteen year old, thirteen years old, and Milojevich was hot, so that made it really easy and digestible. That was, a, <laughs> that, you know, you know, and I just kind of like started easing in. But The Descent was different. Like it was a British horror film. I hadn't really seen a British horror film, and uh, not taking anything away from you know U.S. filmmakers, but the Brits get a bit darker and then you go to eastern europe and it's even darker mm-hmm. like it's kind of you go yeah. there's like america uk france and then everything's off the table after that <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so no, i i 100 agree with you on that like, like um uh especially um watching like like finnish uh films and uh you know films from holland and uh, they just take this way darker just way creepier like aspect to their films um and it's it's disturbing as shit (laughs) yeah yeah Um, definitely and then you know and then you get to asian cinema and it's a whole different level of terror like because their experience is so different to ours you know like and that's why i love foreign films so much and we're getting off topic which is i'm prone to do um we do it all the time i love no worries i love foreign (laughs) film because it's just it is a different perspective it's a different approach like what's scary to someone growing up in paris is different to to someone growing up in melbourne australia to different to grow up in north carolina like we have different fears um and different kind of things that kind of make us tick so um the descent the thing that messed me up about it so much getting back on track um wasn't (laughs) the monsters it was the way that these friends treated each other after what seemed like only a couple of hours like they they lie to each other to get into that cave no one knows they're there and then as soon as things start going wrong they just abandon each other and i'm like I don't, I'm not scared of the monsters. Monsters be monsters. They're going to do that. Like, that's their whole point. <laughs> the real monsters are the right. friends who are like, I'm going to stab you in the head with an ice pick. Like, because <laughs> I just need to get out of here. Um, now, I'm interested to know, because, Jason, you mentioned you, you love The Descent as well. Yes. There are two versions of The Descent. There's the, there's the international release, which is the Australian version, the UK version. And then there's the American version, which has a different ending. So have you seen both? Um, I believe that I have. Um, I I know. I mean, the version that I I remember specifically is uh, you know the the one or the kind of main girl like getting out 
and she crawls out of the cave and then um, she kind of wakes up and she's still there. Yes. Okay. That's the one because there's the American yeah. version, which ha- th- th- delivers a sequel. And then there's the version that everyone else saw, which is maybe the bleakest thing I've seen aside from the mist um, where like, <laughs> basically she gets, have you seen it? Um, Kevin? I have not yet, but I've seen the two uh, endings. It's one that Jason and I have been meaning to get on the show so that I have the obligation to uh, finally watch it for an episode. But I've seen one of the endings where is it she gets out of the gets out of the cave and and then gets back into her car and like the the ghost version of her friend is there in the seat and it's like a jump scare. Yes, that's that's the American version, and then she drives off and she's safe. I'm going to spoil it for you. I'm sorry, it's a 20 year old film. I'm no, it's okay. It. So, <laughs> so oh, she we gets do it all the time. Yeah, it's so all the good. UK version or the international version, it ends that way. But then what happens is it cuts back to inside the cave, and the girl, the she's never left. And what she's doing, she's sitting there on a pile of bones, looking into like a pool of blood, and she's seeing her daughter, but her daughter's not really there, and the monsters are around her, and it's this really bleak like heartbreaking like oh she's gone insane yeah she's gone insane she's trapped here forever she's gonna die here and she thinks that this pool of blood is her daughter messed me up like could not like i it was a two meter walk from my lounge room to the bathroom lights were on looking over my shoulder i knew that house pretty well but i was just (laughs) i don't know what's gonna happen um so that is the flick that probably messed me up the most at an earlier age i would have been like 15 when i saw that um and then you know like then you start you know tempting fate and watching you know more cruel and horrible things but <laughs> that's the one that really affected me but it is one of my favorite horror films i think it's brilliant yeah and uh so though i'm, I, though, I'm gonna pick on you all day long because you just said two meters to the bathroom we don't know what the fuck that is <laughs> oh i'm sorry so uh two meters i guess is like about six feet maybe yeah, less than six, six feet. feet yeah yeah sorry we- yeah i Remember before the show, I'm like, I speak really Australian. I don't realize it. So yeah, I do apologize. We use the metric no, system here, guys. No, units wonderful. of ten. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, wonderful. big. We love it. Big milestone on our on our show. You, uh, we've made a couple of international friends, but you are the first one to guest on our show. Uh, it is an honor and a privilege. Um, obviously, that's really good for my ego because I, I, like, I feel really good about myself right now. Yeah. And um, I will be getting a t-shirt made, you know, first international guest, Midnight Terrors. Yes, um, sir. And I'll be rubbing it in the faces of all the other podcasters. Yes, it's a positive community, <laughs> but I'm here to win. I want um, it to be like you just send, uh, like, we're all cool with everybody, but I want it to just be like you taking a selfie with that shirt and just you with a big toothy grin, just sending that picture to everyone. Well, when we do the big international podcast meetup, I'll rock up and I'd be like, hey, like, yeah, no, like, I'm glad you're on the show. I, I was first, but anyway, like, cool. Yeah, you know? you're like, you're like, were you, <laughs> were you the first international guest on Midnight Terrors? I don't think so. <laughs> but uh, no, man. See, I had the, cla- no, I also had the claim where I was like, oh, I was, I was the first person to interview Harley and Tyler, but I certainly wasn't the best, so I didn't shout <laughs> that one out too much. <laughs> no, man, we. Uh, no, it's it's funny though because you're you're actually hitting a lot of, uh, well, especially mine. Um, I love The Descent, um, and I really like the sequel. Have you seen the sequel? I have. I haven't seen it in a while. I remember thinking it was it was fine. This is back when I was a teenage film snob, um, not, to pump, yeah. not to pimp my own show, um, because I'm trying to be better. But, um, <laughs> at the, yeah, but, <laughs> I was no, running the catchphrases. Was... The catchphrase is coming in, guys. Um, I, uh, I have seen The Descent, too. I was a bit younger, and I, I was... I was fine with it, but I do own it because it's on one of, on my rewatch list. Like I'm like, I'll get to it again it was, and give it another go. It was surprisingly good for a mm. sequel. Um, you know, most of the sequels that come out, you're just like, nah, it's bullshit. 
Um, yeah. But it it was surprisingly good. Um, and there are exceptions. Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two, really hey, good. My favorite one oh, in the franchise. Yeah, my favorite one in the yeah, franchise, that's man. One of, that's one of Bucky's favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll also. This is an unpopular opinion. Hostel Two, better than the first Hostel. Like I, I'm all uh, yeah. about sequels. So I I actually yeah. haven't seen uh, Hostel Two. I just saw the first one last year. Um, okay. And I really, really loved it, but I have not gotten around to two or three yet, but I'm very excited to visit it when I like to get to those. And, uh, you know, I, I want to, you talked about two films, The Descent I have not seen, unfortunately, but it is on my list. But uh, Final uh, Destination 1, man, that one is uh, is excellent. And I got to say, like, mm. you know, possibly up there with the opening of the movie that we're going to talk about with you today the opening of Final Destination is fantastic with the the plane yep. sequence, and we have the whole Ooh, vision yeah. of the. I mean, I haven't flown in about thirteen years, almost. But uh, oh, geez, I'm glad the last time I flew was before I saw Final Destination because the opening <laughs> scene of uh, of Devon Sawa mm. just finding like the uh, the little screw coming out, and then like you know, various dialogue rehappening and then the plane takes off and it blows up and while he's in there and then yep. he sees it happen. So suspenseful, dude. Well I um I was very fortunate enough when I was younger. I went to Italy on a on an exchange trip. Our school had a sister school in Italy and um even back then I was watching movies every night before bed. Um completely forgot I was going on a plane the next day. The night before going to Italy, found a destination. And then afterwards, I'm like, oh, you idiot. Like, you're going on a plane tomorrow. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, <laughs> At least you didn't watch it on the plane. I'm I'm not a fan of flying. I'm not a fan of heights either. My palms are sweating uh, the whole time I watched Fall recently, um, which is brilliant, by the way. I was shocked how good Fall was. Um, but, um, yeah, like all that, I, I'm, but I'm just an idiot. Like, I'll just <laughs> do things without thinking about it, and then I'm paying the price psychologically for decades oh dude um, I, when, <laughs> I mean i still do that to myself and i'm sure jason does too we uh a few months back we did an episode on it follows and uh Such a great movie oh amazing one of yeah. our favorites and i watched it just home by myself downstairs and the only light that had or the only room that had lights on was the one that i was in so there's just a bunch of dark rooms in my house around me and i was actually scared to go into the kitchen because it was about 11 o'clock at night while i was watching it and I was scared to go into the kitchen because of that scene where the creature's in the kitchen just slowly mm. walking towards her when she rounds the corner. I'm like, why do I do this to myself? And then I just proceed to do it again. Smile <laughs> did the same thing to me. I started watching Smile at night like an idiot. Um, <laughs> and I got to the part where you talked about one of your favorite scares where she's in the room and you can just see the smile in the shadow. Mm-hmm. I was like, I paused. I'm like, all right tomorrow it is then like i'll just finish <laughs> yeah. this one tomorrow like because contrary to popular belief i don't like being scared i love horror films love them you can talk about them all day but i don't particularly like being scared i like getting through and being like yeah that wasn't so scary and someone had told me like oh smile's not scary like it's really just a psychological thing no yeah it no it's scary, scary. It, to me it was <laughs> yeah, to no, me scariest film of 2022 like that is the one that got me you know got me the, the most scared i think so it yeah. was yeah I it was up so too. it was well, up there for us you, we 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 did an episode on it a few months back and it was up there for us we you know we had our our constructive criticisms for it but we overall really enjoyed it all fair all of your constructive criticisms, like everyone because when you started you're like you know i've got some things about it. and i was like oh am i going to start not liking these guys <laughs> and i was like no everything you said was fair like um, absolutely. Sorry, well, Jason, and, I, I uh, cut you, you off. Go ahead, buddy. 
No, that's okay. Um, you even touched on uh, the mist, uh, which is one of our favorites mm-hmm. as well. We've done a episode on the mist, and I, I love that movie so much. Um, it's so fantastic. Um, still holds up. Uh, still holds up. Yeah, it does, man. Um, and it's just uh, I love. We talk about this all the time about movies that have like layers to them, um, especially horror movies, and like the mist. Like, you know, you have the creatures, you have the mist, you have the claustrophobia because they're all, you know, trapped in the the store. And then you have the the lady that's, uh, you know, the hardcore. Um, <laughs> Mashke Hot and the religious zealot lady. Uh, yeah, yeah. And just like, so it's like, it's like, I love stuff that has like these different pieces to them where it all comes together, which, um, and if it, uh, one of my favorites is, is the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talk about the thing all the time, but the thing is the same thing. It's just like, there's this claustrophobia. You go outside, you're going to freeze to death. You stay inside the things in there with you, but you, you don't know who is the thing and who isn't the thing. And just <clears throat> all of this, uh, you know, all this stuff where you're just like paranoid. Um, I was so, really um, glad that you brought up the thing on your discussion of 30 days of night. Cause to me, they feel like, uh, almost like, like like distant cousins, almost like those films could be yeah. uh, like rocket to- like a really good double feature, like just that whole isolation and, and paranoia. Um, and I definitely stepped on you, Jason, so yeah. I do apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I'm prone to do no, what I very apologize. similar though. Like it's it's kind of the same kind of gist to it. Um, and and they are two different movies, but you know it's got that similar kind of feel and and all of those all of those like worries and all that stressful stuff that you have from one is in the other as well. Mm. Um, which is awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we we're talking about stressful situations in, uh, in film and, uh, who boy does, uh, does the film that we're talking about today have one of those. And, uh, we've always <laughs> said that, uh, for our, for guests that come on the show, if you pick the movie for us, we will watch it. And, uh, James, we Jason and I have to thank you uh, about a million times on this episode for finally <laughs> we have someone coming on and picking one of our all-time favorites that we've been talking about doing since episode one because we're talking about Zack Zach Snyder's Dawn of the Dead from 2004. So I want to throw this back to you, James. Uh, you know, you and I got to talking and I told you Basically, how this kind of came about was I told you some of the you were asking, you know, about like what's some genre of horror films that you guys haven't talked about much yet. And I was like, well, we haven't really done. uh, We've touched on everything in a broad sense, but we haven't gotten into specifics with like home invasion films or like haunted house films or zombies. And immediately, I think you wrote me back being like, "Uh, well, either The Strangers or Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead and uh mm-hmm. as soon as you said dawn of the dead like i texted jason immediately i'm like we're finally doing it and uh so <laughs> yeah. so i want to throw it back to I you think my, i think my exact words were fuck yeah yeah <laughs> so <laughs> well it was really important to me because i i host a show and like i i set all the parameters like i know what i want to talk about at least in a loose sense but i'm like you guys are 30 episodes in. Congratulations, by the way. I didn't get a chance to say it before. Like, that's oh, awesome. thank you, man. Like, that's, thank you, thank you. Appreciate like, it's it. It's not easy, you know? Like, it, it's 
it's easy in as much as like, oh yeah, I've got this, this stuff at home, I can talk. But podcasting, the thing that makes it successful is consistency. And if you drop that consistency, like then you will start to fall out of the habit. So 30 episodes is a huge milestone. Um, we're, I'm coming up on 40, I think in the next couple of weeks, we're about to hit our one year anniversary but we only did 40 episodes because I missed a few weeks. It's all good, um, man. Congratulations, and, and man. That's that's amazing. Thank you. My goal this year has been to be more consistent, which is why you, this is the third episode I'm recording in a week. I'm like, we're banking them up. I've got to get episodes just so we can start pumping them out. But when you said you can choose, obviously I was thrilled. I'm like, yes, I, I, I love being the master of my own destiny. But when it comes to your show and your goals, what haven't you talked about? Because let's give the listeners something different. And you said, well, we haven't done Home Invasion. We haven't done Haunted Houses. We haven't done Zombies. But you pick what you like. And Haunted Houses, I kind of discarded because I don't – it's just not my – it's not that I don't like them. I just have a lot that, you know, on tap ready to go. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you said Home Invasion, I was like, well, The Strangers. And you said Zombies. I'm like, well, <laughs> Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. Like that, that DVD case like haunted me when I worked in the video store because the box art was so graphic. I'm like, they're putting this on a box art? I'm 14 years old. Leave me alone. <laughs> um I might have been a bit older, actually. I think I'm getting my years confused. And I've said to you, like, don't ask me to choose anything I like, because I will make you guys do Repo, the genetic opera, which is a <laughs> film that I adore. But, like, the horror community, for the most part, is not on board with it. They don't want Paris Hilton singing songs, which is fine, but it's an underrated classic, in my opinion. Uh, but I was like, no, no, for my, fir- for my first appearance, because I'm assuming I'll be uh, many times back. Like, I oh, just absolutely. That I'm, gonna be- I'm like, we'll do oh, Repo oh. later, but let- let's oh, start. We're with- making assumptions now. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, you there's know, no, like, there's no, yeah, there's no I mean, assumption, we'll man. There's no assumption, we'll man. We <laughs> so a little bit of a little bit of uh, background insight as uh, before we keep going. Uh, we it is currently where we are ten twenty two p.m. as we're recording this, and uh, we were slated to start recording at eight thirty our time, and we are currently thirty three minutes into the recording, and it's because we just sat around shooting the shit for an hour before we started recording. So, needless to say, James, you will be back on the show many, many times. It's because I just, I told, I warned you guys, I cannot shut up, and I will jump topics, and I will reference things that don't necessarily make sense, but I'll title in. And it's all good, man. Package. That's what we, that's what we do I'm here. The guilt, I'm the guilty party on that one. You have, <laughs> we're we're we'll a blast. Some, <laughs> we'll be talking some horror movie, and then I'm like, oh, by the way, Batman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason I think... Nowhere. The reason I think we make such a good stew here is, I, I, in terms of age, I slot right in the middle. You're a bit older, Jason. Kev, you're a bit younger, and I'm, I'm right in the middle. So I can talk a bit, a bit of classic horror with you, Jason, and I can talk newer stuff with you. And then I can kind of go, I'm, I'm like, by the way, here's something really weird. Teeth, have you seen that one? And I can, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we were talking about sequels before, and I know we're trying to get on. I know the show is about Dawn of the Dead. It's an hour show, and we're half an hour in already. Um, but sure. Halloween 3 definitely needs some attention as well. Like, we're talking classic sequels. Like, oh, I will, absolutely. Dude, I will talk about Season the Witch till the end of the day. <laughs> so, like, I know that it's more popular in recent years, but still so underrated. So, so underrated and underappreciated. That's why I, the reason I talk about that movie so much these days is because people hated Halloween Ends. I'm like, you hate it the first time they did a third one. Like, of course you're going to hate it. Like, that's the point. Like, <laughs> hey, Jason, you're listening to that, right? You're listening to yes, what James yes, is saying here? That. So I want yes, you to I go in. That. I want you to go in the corner after this episode and think about your life choices, sir. <laughs> you want me to stand in the corner and wait for somebody to drop the camera? Um, oh, absolutely. 
absolutely (laughs) and i want you to hold the camera up to i will hold the camera up to my nose and show you all the boogers in my nose (laughs) but anyway continue james sorry um, no that's that's it tangent over (laughs) you're gonna introduce the point of this episode which i have derailed many times no so have we man Um, it's all good but no we uh jason did you have something to chime in with before we jump into the movie Oh no! I'm no! I'm just I'm really excited about talking about Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, um, man. So it was. Uh, I I didn't even know that it was Zack Snyder until like last year. Like I had seen the movie quite a few times, um, and you know, of course, between you know the three hundred movies and Watchmen and everything like that, um, I, I had no idea that he did dawn of the dead um, I, I was secretly hoping that army of the dead was going to be a sequel i was like oh is he going mm. back to his roots and it, i don't think it is i think it's a separate thing but i can always dream yeah <laughs> it was still fun though well then was, uh, yeah, absolutely. the other name that popped up uh when when the movie got going was uh was james gunn in there oh yeah for the screenplay and i was like what no wonder this movie's so damn good it's because it's Zack snyder and james gunn it's almost yep. like Warner Brothers had all the tools to make a functioning DC universe back in 2004. They just didn't watch Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> Who would have known? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, James, I want to... Because they're using them both now. Like I know, last, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> and then, yeah, and they're bringing I, out... I will say, like, so, like, getting into Dawn of the Dead... Um, obviously, I, I've seen the original, um, and the original was good i'm sure probably bucky hasn't i have not um, but i i do like the original um but uh bucky and i were talking just a little bit before we got on with you and we were talking about like the opening scene of the little girl just waking up and like flipping over and yep. just doing all the crazy kind of like acrobatic shit mm-hmm. and just just creepy as fuck, dude. Yeah. So uh, I, the- I, I I checked the time code. It takes us five minutes to get to our first zombie bite, and that's how you do a zombie movie, right? You like, don't waste any not- time. That's it. And it is he- the least Zack Snyder of all of his films. It's the least Zack Snyder film of all of his films, though. Like, there's only a little bit of slow mo. It's shot very differently. Like, he hadn't quite found his style yet, but it really works for this flick. That's actually what I said to Jason earlier. Is that you know, I know, I know. In my mind, it's a Zack Snyder film, but like, I kind of forget that I'm watching a Zack Snyder film because it's so. Like, I'm looking at the film quality for it when I'm watching it to prep for this, and I'm like, you know, I know it's early 2000s, it's 2004, but it's like it's kind of grainy. It's real, mm-hmm. like quick cuts. There's no slow motion uh, zombie action in here, and it's real, like you know, dark and disturbing and. Uh, you know, a lot of emotionally charged moments in here. Um, and yeah, no, it's very, and and even still, James, you brought up the fact that uh, the pacing's flawless. Five minutes in and the little girl zombie attacks. But even before then, when we are at the hospital and we're introduced to our main character, um, they're already dropping hints of, oh, there's a patient mm-hmm. in the ICU and uh, she got, yeah. like, the person got bit on the hand and they're like they took her to to emergency service for a hand, for a bite on the hand, and so mm-hmm. immediately you know something's going down. 
Um, I will say there is one thing that is very Zack Snyder, and although I was reading the trivia and apparently it was an homage to the original, there is a massive petrol station, oh, it's a gas station explosion, maybe seven minutes in. Like, like that's a very Snyder thing to <laughs> <Yeah>. do. Yeah. <laughs> Well, since episode well, six, would... ep- since episode six of the podcast, where it was uh, one of the first movies that Jason subjected me to as one of his first picks when we did From Dust Till Dawn, that's where my mind goes now when we think of oh, uh... <laughs> what a brilliant movie! Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. I adore that film. Yeah, it's a great one, well, and but that's where my mind goes with gas station explosions. As I just think of Quentin Tarantino and George Clooney walking away from a exploding gas station. <laughs> and uh, the only film, to my recollection, that you know takes body parts and turns them into musical instruments. Like if you're not doing that, like what are you doing with your life? It yeah, is exactly. my it is my life goal. <laughs> well, uh, we're we were we were talking about it a little bit earlier. Um, you know, it, it, it is, and it is not a Snyder film at the same time. So it doesn't have kind of all the key things or, um, things that you expect from Snyder, uh, because it's very early. Um, but like the lighting choices, Mm -hmm. and then there are a couple of, you know, there are a couple of slow-mo. Yeah. The gun, CJ's gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there are a couple of things in there that you're like, oh, it, once you know that it's Snyder, like when you go back and watch it, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that, this makes sense. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, at, at first, it, you know, like I said, like I I had no idea, like yeah, man. that it was a Snyder film. Yeah, no, we're big, we're big uh, Snyder fans on the on the show for sure. And uh, so James, I want to throw it back to you before we start to kind of like dive more into the plot of Dawn of the Dead. So this was, this was your movie pick for your first uh, guest appearance of many on Midnight Terrors. What? So we I'll get that in writing. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Uh, yep. We got a, we got a contract signed in blood off camera. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, so we've got, you know, we've got you on here. You picked Dawn of the Dead and we know we talked about, um, you know, the reason that you wanted to pick it for the show was because, you know, we hadn't touched on zombie films yet and it was one that you wanted to do to to bring something new to the show, which we always appreciate. What is it about Dawn of the Dead for you that makes it like one when you thought of a zombie movie, why did why why did Dawn of the Dead come to your mind first? What is it about this film that draws you in? I think honestly it's probably to this day my favorite zombie film. Um it's it's so well made and I'm gonna get again controversial i think it's better than romero's dawn of the dead and i know that's shots fired and people are gonna hate me but i just think the pacing is so much better um i agree i agree i'm not gonna hate you for that (laughs) it's it's really fun like it was one of my one of my first forays into the genre as well when i was younger so check it out so there's a nostalgia aspect there as well but it's just that the the characters are so good It, it just resonates with you like just like like in five minutes, the whole world has changed. And it just, again, like I was talking about how in the descent, like people turn on each other and there is some of that in this, but it really does kind of show like what people can do in a crisis as well. Like you're always going to get those idiots. You're going to get Ty Burrell from Modern Family, Modern Family's Ty Burrell. Phil Dunphy you know, in the house. Trying to, trying to, <laughs> trying to sleep with women and trying to like just, you know, get out of there on his own. And you will get like your rent-a-mall, your rent-a-cops and, you know, stuff trying to do it. But ultimately it's, people coming together and, you know, trying to, to overcome something. I'm a big fan of that. Like I talk about um, me being a movie crier on my episode, on my show. I cry. Like I'm not ashamed. I cry all the time, but the things that make me cry in cinema the most are when families come together, like when they kind of put aside the difference and try to overcome a problem. And Dawn of the Dead is one that hits very emotionally for me. 
didn't cry in it this time. Won't say I haven't cried in it before. Um, but it's it's just so well put together and it's fun. Like it's a fun zombie film. Um, you've got a great cast. Sarah Polly, who I'd never seen before this film, is brilliant as, yeah. as your lead. Um, Ty Burrell, I mentioned, is really fun. You've got um, Lindy Booth, who shows up later. A couple of years later, she was in Cry Wolf and then she was Night Bitch in, in Kick-Ass 2. Um, she's a little yep. redhead girl. Um, the, the characters are so well fleshed out. Like you always talk about how the more you get... The more time you spend with characters in horror films, the more you care about them and the better the stakes are. Like, this is a really great example of that. Like, there's so many characters in this film. I haven't even talked about um, Mackay Pfeiffer and his wife, um, Ving Rames. Like, just knowing that Ving Rames is just trying to get to his brother. Like, we've all got a brother or a sister or a family member. And, like, the only driving force is him, like, just trying to get there. And even when he knows his brother is dead, he's still trying to get to his brother. Like, it's just... Look, it's a James Gunn script, so I'm not surprised. Like, it's just so <laughs> so well put together. Like, it's very emotionally um, driven. And it's got really wonderful human moments. Like, there's action, there's violence, but the, it's the interactions between the characters that really makes this film for me. Um, whereas the original one, again, like, no, no uh, criticism of the original one, it felt a bit colder. And that was the point of that film, was meant to be cold. It was a, you know, a commentary on race and, 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 and things like that. Whereas this is a very different approach and I just it resonates with me more because I'm like oh yes like it's character and like you can make a bad movie if you give me good characters like I'm around for it and this film just executes on every level for me well that's that's what Romero does Romero's really cold about uh mm-hmm. his his characters and everything and um even watching um the original Night of the Living Dead brilliant um, of, Love course it. It's, <laughs> of course it's classic um, but the remake is really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, the Savini one, yeah, the Tom Savini yep. one, yeah, was really great. Um, but I, I will say, like the thing that like caught me off guard um, from Dawn of the Dead, uh, the first time that I watched it, the zombies running. Oh, dude, mm. we got to So yeah, we uh, got to We got to talk like, about. Just, we got to talk about the staple that, so there were kind of two zombie flicks around this time that. I know what in, you're going to say. <laughs> oh yeah. That introduce that running zombie thing. Dawn of the dead was one of them, but right around that same time was a little flick that Jason loves called 28 days later. Ooh, yeah. And, uh, one of my favorite movies. you know, and it, Jason always, you know, gives me a hard time because I've seen 28 weeks later, but I have not gone back to 28 days later because I, gr- I grabbed the wrong one from uh, Blockbuster. So, 28 weeks later, I'm going to shout her out again. Imogen Poots, she's in it. She's great. I'm down for 28 oh, weeks. Oh, 28 later. weeks later is oh, amazing. Weeks is great, too. I'm here it's for Poots. Great, what did yeah. I say before? What was my catchphrase? I can't remember what it was. Uh, <laughs> oh, crap. Um, more people need to see Poots. Yeah, more people need to be. I stand by it. Um, yes, yeah, sorry. 28, yeah, I, I love 28 but, weeks later. Yeah, I love 28, that, weeks, is... 28 weeks is great, uh, but 28 days later, and yeah, uh, like like Bucky said, uh, you know, same time, same kind of timeline, you know, is the first time you saw like running zombies, not just the kind of, you know, meandering, slow. Which uh, hordes? Which running zombies is straight nightmare fuel? I mean, I'll, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
I'll throw one more running zombie film to the to the mix, and that's uh, Train to Busan, which is yes. Oh yeah, <laughs> and so that one good. to me, like that's that's another zombie film that made me cry because that father daughter relationship, like as a father myself, is so beautifully done. Um, oh, yeah, dude, I I, you you talk about crying. I was I was crying when I watched the the end of of Train to Busan. Like it's beautiful. Like, yeah. It's so, like it like, and that's the thing. Like I was talking about with with Snyder, like. Dawn of the Dead, the remake. First of all, it's better than the original. I'm saying it um, <laughs> has no yeah. has no right to be. Second of all, it has no right to be as good as for a zombie film. Like zombie films are, and you know this gonna, again. Like you know, people are gonna say, but they're they're cheap. Like they're cheap. Like they're, they're gore fest, and they're meant to be that. That's the point of them. Like people, you know, running around with their arms up, groaning and just eating brains. Like they're not meant to be masterpieces of cinema. Train to Busan made me feel things that regular you know classic cinema can't make me feel like it yeah. just elevates the genre and dawn of the dead bring a full circle does the same thing it elevates the genre and it's the kind of movie that i can show people who don't necessarily like horror or zombies because like okay yes you don't like that but look at these characters look at the way this is set look at the way they've painted this world like look at like the whole pregnancy thing like I, i'm getting ahead of myself but like jesus christ like, yeah. oh so much man yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like that's the thing though is like, and as you're pointing that out now, I'm noticing like because I just rewatched this as well to to prep for this, and the zombies are there, but they're not the focus for a large part of this movie. Like they're outside the the mall for a lot of it. Yeah. We get the opening, and then from there, it's it's characters dealing with whatever it is they're dealing with. We've got a, a couple that's expecting a baby. We've got you know. Um, our lead who just lost her husband. We've got the cop that wants to go see his brother. We, you know, later on we get introduced to more. We've got the one selfish person with Ty Burrell. Um, so good. <laughs> all, all I see is Phil Dunphy every time he shows yeah. up, and it's like I'm doing not, his High School Musical dances. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I- I'm the cool dad. I-, I know all the 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 words to High School Musical. So he's also in, <laughs> and again to get distracted, he's also an Incredible Hulk. He he's is an Incredible Hulk. Yeah. And I, it blows my mind every time I see him in that because he was contracted to be a villain later on, like another version of Hulk's villain. I mean, look, we're gonna uh, like we're gonna if we get into it too much, we're gonna get really distracted. But like they're bringing everyone back, like Tim Blake yeah. Nelson's coming back as leader, so uh-huh. like <laughs> we're getting Red Hulk finally. Like maybe we'll get him back. Like, yeah, man. But uh, uh, no, there's there's just so much going on with these characters, and we spend a lot of time with them that whenever one of them does go down, it's devastating. Like there are, there's one death in particular that we'll talk about that was like the most heartbreaking thing I've ever seen in this. Cause I hadn't seen this in, in a few years. Um, but yeah, it just, I mean, Snyder and Gunn both know how to make characters that you can connect to while also bringing in a lot of scary zombie scenes. And, uh, going back to that intro scene, man, like I watched this, uh, I started to watch this at 11 o'clock at night last night. And <laughs> that scene just still gets under my skin when you hear the creaking yeah. door open and the little girl, her face is shrouded in darkness. And, you know, I'm, I am kind of shocked that um, this couple are just okay with the neighbor girl just being inside their house, like early in the morning. That's the only thing that I don't buy. Like, that's the only kind of fictional thing where I like. I'm like, I know I have to suspend my disbelief, but like, I'm not letting anyone in my bedroom like no, that. Well, I'd in the be morning. weirded out if I woke up and saw one of the neighbor's kids like in my house, just standing in the doorway, zombie or not. It's it's such a great juxtaposition though, because two minutes earlier we saw her at the car, like you know, you know, hey, like how you going? Like, did your mom say it's like okay? No worries. Like, soon you know, have a good night. And then like now I'm gonna murder your husband. Yeah, like, and boy is, does like, she. In two minutes. <laughs> 
it um it flips and he's from something as well um the husband i recognized him from something he was um oh god i knew it the other night when i was watching i watched like three nights ago and now i forgot but he was oh he is in the saw franchise the husband he plays oh. art who is the guy who has his lips sewn shut i think it's in number four okay um, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. then he has the yeah, spine yeah. thing on the back of his neck later in the film Ugh. um yeah same actor yeah. okay now yeah, that's awesome yeah, no, we've got a really got a, deep cut. Really yeah, right. Deep, the fact that I knew the guy's name. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, we've got a. I didn't look it up. I just remember. Like, oh yeah, art. That's right. That's awesome. No, we've got a. There's a more we, important art in horror now. Yeah, right. Um. <laughs> no, we've got a we've got I a have, great great cast here. So uh, should we should we dive I've on got in? A fun little. I've got a fun little side note to um, uh, my brother, my older brother. Uh, he was an artist management and worked with a lot of different bands and, and things like that. Um, so he went out to LA a few times and he called me one night and he was like, he was like, dude, I just hang out. I just hung out with the coolest dude ever. And I was like, who? And he was like, it's this guy. I can't remember his name. It's like Matt or something like that. And I was like, well, who is he? And he's like, He's like, you've seen Dawn of the Dead, right? And I was like, yeah. He's like, he's the asshole security guard. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. really? <laughs> yeah. He was like, he was like, yeah, dude. He was like the coolest guy ever. I loved hanging out with him. He, and he, was he super shows fun. up later in uh, in the DC stuff. He works at the Daily Planet. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yep. Oh, yep. that's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was funny. He just he was just like, man, I hung out with this dude, and I was like, I was like, who? He's like, Dawn of the Dead, and I was like, oh, sweet, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> that is awesome. Hell yeah. Well, shall we uh, shall we dive on into some plot specifics here? We can kind of walk through Let's the plot of, of Dawn of the Dead. So we've talked about the opening scene. You know, we got the hospital set up where our main character is uh, hearing some stuff about some strange bites, and they're kind of you know already telling you within sixty seconds of the film that there's something going on. Then we got the mm-hmm. opening scene of the little girl. That's our first reveal of the zombie. Uh, and then I love this opening shot of yep. the, like the city that they live in in just complete shambles. Yeah, it's awesome. That's that's a very Snyder. Yeah, that's think- a very Snyder shot to me. And it gives yeah, the film and- such a larger scope because it is very contained. Like you spend most of the film in a mall. So to then. Um, or as we call them, shopping centers. Um, <laughs> but to, just, just, to, just to deliver that, just be like, okay, we're going to spend most of the time inside a confined space, but it's going everywhere. Like It really gives the film a sense of space and scope that you would otherwise not really feel. It would feel very small and claustrophobic. So um, it's it such a very simple way to establish that it's a global event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then we, we work our way to the mall, of course, because our main character gets in a... Uh, in a in a car accident, and I love the the opening credits of this. This I'm so little, glad you brought it up. I was <laughs> this like, little the credits. <laughs> oh no 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 no! This little like we got shots of the news with all the uh, the different like archival footage, but then we've got this like really f- funky piano like chill song playing over top of it. It's uh, The Man Comes Around by Johnny Cash. This film introduced me to Johnny Cash, and yep. that is one of my favorite yep. country songs. Not a big country guy, but that song, um, which was then used you know, 10 years later in Logan in their closing credits, is just it's yep. perfect. It is perfect for this film. Um, we were saying before off the recording um, how Snyder creates the best openings for films, like Watchmen is the gold standard, but this is pretty strong. Like, yeah. No, yeah, it is. And um, we were we were kind of talking about um, when we did our 30 days a night episode 
um, talking about kind of that uh, uh, that wide kind of like overhead shot of them just kind of running down the street and just like blowing people's heads off and everything. Mm. Um, and it, it kind of reminds me the opening of Dawn of the dead kind of reminds me of that because, you know, she's trying to get in the car, she's trying to get away and, and just all around her, you just see, mm. you know, people getting shot, people getting eaten. <laughs> like <laughs> It's just, it's just mass chaos um, <laughs> as she's, you know, just trying to drive away or whatever. It's just like every, everywhere you turn, it's just mass chaos and, and carnage. Um, and it's, it's, it's a really cool way to like open the movie. Uh, yeah. Just to, and we get the first shot uh, of a running zombie when we see her husband chase her out of the house. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I do have to say there's one part in the background that actually kind of makes me chuckle and I know it shouldn't, but it's when her husband is chasing her car, right? And she's driving away and the husband can't catch up. And it's a zombie. It's going to get distracted by other people. And in the background, he turns and goes to chase someone else. And it's just this stagnant person just taking a lovely <laughs> stroll in their front yard, moving like two yeah. miles an hour. And then it, the husband turns and attacks them. And then you just hear this overdubbed scream. And like, it's kind of a hilarious shot to me. I don't know why, but I love that. So in yeah, the middle of is. all this chaos, there's just a person just taking a stroll in the front yard. <laughs> and and then, uh, well, it's, it's kind of like the, like the dog and the squirrel thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like chasing her down. He's like, oh, squirrel. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, no, we get in the car crash and we move on and we will come back to the soundtrack because there's a song in here that I did not notice on my first watch because it's a cover. So I didn't know. I know. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're going to, we're going to talk about it when we get to it, but, uh, so good. And it was actually kind of amazing the way it was used, but we'll get there. So we get to the, the mall and our main character, um, ends up at the mall and, you know, ends up meeting all these other characters along the way. We've got that cop we talked about. We've got the couple expecting a baby, and they make their way into the uh, into the mall, and that's where we're going to spend most of our time is uh, is in this mall while zombies are trying to get in. And one point that I made to Jason is that uh, James, I don't know if you're a gamer at all, um, but yeah, this, a little bit. This uh, this film is the embodiment of a film version of the game Dead Rising. I've never played Dead Rising, um, so oh, it is so it dead, is man. literally a photographer. Yeah, it is literally like a photographer inside a mall, who which okay. is which is overrun by zombies. Oh, that sounds awesome! And you're using I, um, like everyday household items that you find in all the stores to kill zombies. <laughs> I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, I just never got. It. I just yeah, like I was always so much more film focused. I do do play a lot of games. I haven't played a lot recently because obviously two and a half year old, but. Um, <laughs> She'll almost yep, be old I, enough to start I gaming in about a year or, or year or so, and then once she's old enough to start playing games, we're back in there, back in business. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, um, I know that. I I know that struggle. Um, you know, my my girls, my twins are like seven now, but um, uh, I used to work for GameStop. I was a, a store manager for GameStop, and nice one. You know, I I played every damn thing that came out, but <laughs> when uh, when the when the kids came along, it was just like, oh, stop. And yeah. so now I'm like 
four years behind everything. Oh, I have The Last of Us 2 wrapped in plastic still. Like, I bought it right <laughs> when my daughter was born, and I was like, you're an idiot, you're not going to play this. Um, I actually went back to my classic consoles. I've still got my, my SNES and my Nintendo 64, and, like, I can get a lot out of that in an hour than I can with a modern game. Like, in a modern game, I spend an hour, I can change the color of my hair. Um, but if I play a classic <laughs> game, like, I can get through a couple of levels and feel really satisfied. Like... I um I don't need eighty hour gameplay. Like give me just a nice short story. I can get a lot out. You know that if I I get limited time, so give yeah. me like a lot of entertainment. <laughs> right. That's why I'll just yeah. watch movies because I'll get I'll, I'll get a lot out of an hour and a half in the movie. So yeah. Yeah. Give us a game where you actually feel um, like you made some progress in an hour's worth of playing. So yeah. Slight tangent on video games there, but um. So as yeah. we're you know in the mall, not a huge amount. I mean, it's a zombie flick. There's not a huge amount of plot to dive into. It's mostly just little intricate uh, character stories. Um, but you know, we, we spend a lot of time in the mall. We start to get to know our characters and, uh, really things kind of turn up when they take in this other truckload of people that come driving across the parking lot of zombies. Well, before we yeah. jump into that, I just want to point out my favorite scene in this movie. And like, it's, I think it's going to shock a lot of people because it's not a zombie scene or like, it's a very quiet scene and you don't see this in, you see it more in horror now. Horror is getting very cerebral, yes. um, which is good. Like I like that it's getting more complicated and more complex, but you didn't really see it around this time. And there's a moment, one, like I think it's the first morning after they've been sleeping in the mall and Sarah Polly, uh, Anna um, says, you know, can I go to the bathroom? And they go, and they're like, all right, you know, hurry up, whatever. And it cuts to her and she's not even going to the bathroom, she's just sister and she just starts crying. And you never, like, because she's, like, finally, like, now that I've stopped, I can process, I've lost my husband, I've lost a little girl next door, like, everything's gone wrong. And that's such a rare, beautiful moment that you don't get in horror very often, especially at it that is. time. Yeah. And in a zombie film, like, that, I, I'd forgotten about it, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, it's like, well done, like, Zach and James, like, you guys really, like, <laughs> put some heart into this film. And it's such a beautiful, quiet moment in a very loud and crazy film. Where I was just like, this is they, like they really did come to something special with this movie, and I don't think it's something that people really appreciate. Yeah, um, I just want to shout that moment out because I never no, hear them talk a, about it, and I'd forgotten about it. But it's yeah, such it's, a great little moment. It's a fantastic moment, and uh, yeah, no, the acting's really strong uh, for the most part throughout the throughout the whole uh, movie. Um, I was surprised at how well this. You know, we're starting to get to the point where the two thousands films are about twenty years old, and some some of them are yeah. starting some of them are starting to look very dated and not hold up as well but i was impressed with how well this one holds up i mean the zombies look great the mm-hmm. acting is pretty strong throughout it's a very tight script it's a fun compact like hour 30 hour 40 minute movie yep and it's just a fun zombie ride and like i said things really pick up here when this next truck of people come into the mall which has ty burrell and uh the the younger girl with the red hair and her dad, um, and we the organ player and the old woman. Yeah. Um, oh, that old yep. that old woman that is yeah, already the old dying. Woman in the, yeah, in the uh, in the wheelbarrow. Yeah. She, oh, there's two. There's, there's, there's the two older women. So yeah, there's the truck driver woman and the and the woman in the wheelbarrow. Yeah. I forgot about I forgot about yeah. the woman in the wheelbarrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> never f- never the, forget the woman in the wheelbarrow. The, like, She's like the morbidly obese woman that they have in the wheelbarrow. She gives um, off very strong shining vibes. Oh, like she does, yeah. About, like in oh, room yeah. 237. Like, that's what I thought of in me. Like, oh, oh yeah. is this like a reference to <laughs> so, that? Yeah, like, her, it feels like... her death yeah. scene, like before she becomes a zombie, where she takes her last breath, is one of the creepiest scenes I've ever seen 
Uh, and that's the thing with this movie, man, is that it's still, we talked about this with Gambit and he was saying that, uh, this was one of the first movies that left an impression on him when he was getting into horror. And I, you know, looking back years later now, I can see why still, I mean, it's Mm -hmm. tense, it's creepy. Anytime someone's in danger of reanimating when they're surrounded by people, you're just like, like, what do you do in that scenario? And it leads to some and it's really, fast too. yeah. And it leads to some really like gut wrenching moments. Like I'm going to jump ahead for a second, but the the moment for me that I was like almost, you know, about to st- start bawling my eyes out was the girl with the red hair and her father when yeah, they yeah, find yeah. out yeah. that that he's been bitten, and they're like, "We have to put him down. He's not a zombie yet, but we have to put him down." And like, you know, the yeah. the dad starts the guy that they're gonna shoot starts talking about like how his daughter's lost his mom her mom and you know, lost you know, her her siblings and stuff and but he agrees to be put down and like you know, granted they make it a little easier on you because they wait until he becomes a zombie. But like they have their literal hug goodbye before that. Yeah. And he's like, I couldn't ask for anything more in a daughter and it's just like it, it that was the moment that I was like Sheesh, yeah. man! Like, did you have to make me cry, James and Zach? That one hit harder this time around. I was like, "Jeez!" Um, well, and 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 Bucky and James, do you realize who the dad is? I sure do. I was going to say. I was then. I was then feeling a lot better because I'm like, "Oh, that's Moloch from Watchmen." <laughs> uh, well, yeah, but earlier than that, he's the he's the next door neighbor from Honey I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> beautiful i didn't pick up on that I, um, yeah, I got the, the snyder connection but i didn't think of the uh yeah. the rick moranis connection <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's funny he's the, he's the next door neighbor he's kind of like the asshole dad that's um, right. from honey ashrock and kids but yeah that's him yeah no he yeah. plays such a heartfelt dad in in this that it's it's devastating when he has to get put no, down he does a good job even though even though his part is like a a little bit part like it's not it's not a large role like he does a really good job with it well they uh, they, they hold their own against each other like that is such a loaded scene that one actor could could easily take away the attention and just make it about them it's so well balanced i never feel like either one is stealing the scene it's it's a like it's such a generous performance where they're both like we can share this moment and both shine here mm-hmm. um where yeah. in other films a lesser actor or maybe uh, an actor who was a bit more selfish would be like no this is my death scene or this is me losing my dad i'm taking this scene and yeah it's just, right yeah it's composed so well yeah well the best part about it is that we get a lot of character reactions to this because we see one of the security guards after they've locked up the two that were you know always fighting with people we get the yeah. reaction of the daughter, but we see it through the security camera. We get the reaction of Anna and Michael later because Michael's the one that said, hey, we got to put him down because he's going to yeah. you know, turn on all of us. And there's a moment that I, that I just caught me so off guard, but it's beautifully executed with the death scene. We see Ving Rhames ready to kill this guy to put him down before he turns. And we cut away because we see the dad die and we cut away and there hasn't been a gunshot or anything yet. Michael mm-hmm. comes in to talk to yeah. Anna and Anna says, I'm glad you decided not to do it because Michael was going to do it himself. Hey. And then you hear the gunshot after you hear in like a, you hear yep. a zombie screech and then a gunshot and both their heads just go down in defeat and disappointment. Like it's yeah. such a moving moment. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, so is, that was the part is, that that got me. 
as much as the movie is uh, moving and there are like some really good scenes um, that are executed very well and very dramatic. Um, I, I also love the stuff that's funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, especially, especially when they're on the roof. So everybody's hanging out on the roof and they're talking to, um, and they're talking to the guy that's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, across the street at the gun store. Yep. Um, and one of my favorite scenes is they're, they're writing on the board. They're like, uh, <laughs> shoot Roseanne Barr. Yep. Shoot Roseanne. Yeah. And Jay Leno. Like, Rosie that. O'Donnell. Yeah. He's like, That's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's like, Burt Reynolds. Tell him to get Burt Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. And then my favorite part is the characters like are, that have been so down and out are like, nah, too easy. Give him, give him Burt Reynolds. <laughs> So like they're playing, yeah, they're playing this game where they're like doing a celebrity lookalike game with the zombies, and they're telling this guy at the gun shop to shoot out the zombies that look like that celebrity. And uh, no, it's really funny. And in the middle of that, not in the same scene, but which is which is super dark. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) it's it's really dark. Yeah, but it's funny at the same time. But in the middle of that, not in this exact same moment, but in the middle of them, like just settling into life inside this mall and communicating with the guy at the gun shop, there is a song that plays in a montage where they're just doing (laughs) things around the mall. This is the song I alluded to earlier. It's a cover. And I didn't notice what it was until I heard the lyrics where it's like, come on, come on, come on, get down with the sickness. Oh, my goodness. When I realized that this was like a piano bluesy cover of Down with the Sickness from Disturbed, I was like, what? Yeah. And my he's, favorite, uh, he's got lots of albums. He does loud yeah. covers of lots of metal songs. Yeah, yeah. he's he's amazing. He's yeah. really, I, it, I, I, I want to say that it's funny because it is funny. Um, but listening to him do like his own versions of mm-hmm. these like heavy metal songs or mm-hmm. whatever is just amazing. Like, well, my it's so, my it's my so favorite good. my favorite delivery in it. <laughs> is when we get to you fucker come up come on get down with the sickness and he delivers it like you fucker come on come on get down with the sickness like it caught me so off guard and i was like this soundtrack is fantastic and yeah, uh, it's really funny i love that montage of them like playing basketball really in the mall or trying on different um different outfits in the mall there's a guy like trying on a heel in there uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't know what version of the movie you guys watch, but I watched the unrated um, yep. extended cut. I never, so I never knew that that there's a sex scene where Ty Burrell bangs the one blonde yeah, girl. Ty Burrell's banging the banging the hell out of his chick. Yeah. yeah, that's the only version I've ever had access to. We only, oh, only okay. got the unrated one down here. So yeah, she just her delivery of "fuck the shit out of me, Steve." <laughs> it's like <laughs> I was like I never knew that there that there was a sex scene in there because I guess the version that I saw way back in the day was like the TV version because it was playing mm. on like sci-fi uh, so there was a lot of stuff cut out of it if you if you watched it on TV 
uh, obviously it would have been cut out, but I, I don't ever remember seeing it without that scene. Okay. I remember mm-hmm. that scene always being in there. Yeah. yeah I've never, like, I've never owned it on like DVD or Blu-ray or anything. And I rented it on prime right. this time. Uh, but yeah, no, it's very entertaining montage and life doesn't look so bad, but soon enough we get to the, the scene in the parking garage where they're trying to, uh, you know, just, investigate see if there's like vehicles down there and they bring a couple of the security guys they bring michael and there is power don't they? the power the power yeah 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 because yeah, right, yeah. and uh there's a jump scare in here that got me real good that i completely forgot about it's when they're in the parking garage like looking around there's something running in the shadows and uh cj's like you didn't see anything shut the fuck up and it's a dog that comes running out and then Michael's like, oh, good thing we found him. Otherwise, they would have ate him. And then the dog starts barking at something. And the one <laughs> one guy's like, what is it, boy? And he's like, nothing. That dog's just fucked up. And out of the background comes this legless zombie hanging from rafters in the parking garage. <laughs> yeah. And it leaps on his back. It scared the shit out of me. Yeah. I was, yeah, the guy cut in half, and yep. he's he's just uh, you know basically uh, doing jungle gym yeah. on the pipes. <laughs> oh my! Because he has no legs. It scared the um, shit yeah. out of me, man. He comes completely out of the shadows, and I was so not ready for it that I was like, "Ooh!" Very but- yeah, it, it, and it's a very cool. It's a very cool um, like visual effect, mm-hmm. um, and then also. Um, just like kind of that concept of like, you know, homeboys cut in half (laughs) and so (laughs) he's just kind of running on these pipes with his arms. Like it's, uh, it's crazy. Um, And it like clearly sets up an idea for later in the film as well. Yeah. And that's uh, the, that's the inspiration for what's going to come. I I won't get, I won't get too ahead of ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I want to jump back to something quickly, a couple of things actually, because uh, I, I don't sure. want to miss them. You were talking about the sex scene before. Like, mm-hmm. I just, it's not gratuitous. Like, no. it's such an, again, like, it's such an easy tool to be like, it's horror, we're going to get, you know, dudes banging chicks. But, like, it's legitimately funny. Like, it's really entertaining. Yeah, it is very funny. Especially with that soundtrack. And, like, oh, yeah, like, I guess, like, I'll be honest, like, their version of an apocalypse, I'm like, this. This part of it, I could deal with that. Just living in a mall, trying on shoes. Like, I'm trying to shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Give me that. Like, <laughs> you know, meeting new yeah, people. Like, what stuff. are you going to do? Like, you can, you can watch TV, which the TV goes out at that point, but mm-hmm. you're trying to figure out, like, what to do with yourself. So you're, um, I think there's a scene where they're, like, uh, playing, like, mini golf or, like, yeah. putting yeah. <laughs> or something like that. And I love, it's just I- like, yeah, bang. <laughs> and, yeah. and the other thing bang. I want to point out, because you were talking about Andy before, the, the guy who's, who's stuck in the gun store. Yep. We only ever hear him speak once, spoilers. Mm-hmm. But the relationship built between him and Ving Rhames through... Like, yeah, pop, it is very like, cool. Like, by, like, through poster boards. Like, it's so well done. Like, when things go take a turn for the worse, that's not a spoiler. These films always take a turn for the worse. You feel for him. You're like, oh my god, oh, yeah. this wonderful relationship. They never have any screen time together. Like they never no, like interact. But the way the relationship is built is so masterfully done. Again, like I was just like, oh, like you really, you, you've hurt me with this one, guys. Like, yeah. I wasn't expecting that. And you see Ving Rhames' disappointment, like when it all goes, when it all comes undone. Like again, like it just, we don't deserve this as a, as a zombie film. It's too good. It's too- <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's I, I, I genius. Think, I think- 
kind of their most, I think kind of their most powerful, like part of that with them is, uh, you know, getting towards the end. Um, and he holds up the sign and you can mm-hmm. tell he's like super emaciated and hasn't been able to eat. Like he's just skinny as shit. And uh, I think he holds up the sign and it just says, Hey man, I'm hungry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Oh fuck man. Um, and that's when they send the dog over to try and take him some food. But yeah, just seeing him like in the shape that he's in and just holding up that sign, just being like, man, I'm hungry. And it's just like, man, that's, that sucks ass. Well, <laughs> like, again, like they, they, they never thought about it. Like again, like you're like, oh, they're living a pretty good life. Like they're making it work, but they, then they're talking with this guy and they get him to shoot all these heads, but they never thought like, maybe this guy needs a sandwich. Like, <laughs> he's... Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because I mean, they've got everything that they need in mm-hmm. there. I love that Ty Burrell has a line, though, that's something to the effect of when they're trying to get him food. They're like, uh, Ty Burrell says something like, all right, let's uh, flip a coin and whoever uh, has to go, you just take a stroll across the parking lot with a turkey sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, we that also leads to a scene that I don't know what it is. It just for every funny scene, there's just a scene that really gets under my skin. And when they send that dog over and then the young girl goes after yeah. the dog because the, the zombies get inside and start to attack the guy at the gun shop. Uh, and, yeah. uh, you know, he's on the walkie talkie and they're like, hey, man, you doing OK? And he's like, yeah, no, I'm just a little beat up. And they're like, where are you hurt? And he's like, oh, man, these things, they have a, you know, quite a strong bite. And they all are in defeat because yeah. they know what that means. And yeah. he doesn't know that they already know that the bite means you're going to turn. And then, you know, he, they yep. lose contact with him. And then we great call back to the sign thing where they've been playing games on it. And yep. this is the scene that gets under uh, my yeah, skin he, is that he picks up the sign and you see he's like, wait, he's writing something. And he holds it up and it's just blood smeared on it. Blood all over it, right? Mm. And they're talking to the young girl and her dog is barking. And then you see in the binoculars him just turn around knowing there's someone in there now with him. And the zombie version's going to go get her. It's just like, oh, so creepy. Yeah, yeah. It, the tension is is palpable. Like this yeah. is when they, they really ratchet it up. Like again, I was sitting in bed, I was having a good time, and I'm just like, oh my god, like my heart's racing now. And I've seen this movie a dozen times at least. I know what's coming, but oh. Um, but you have to have like you have to have one character make the foolish, dumb, heartfelt decision where like we know the dog's gonna be okay. They've already said the zombies don't care about the dog. But she's still like, no, no, I'm going to go there. I'm going to do the dumb thing, and I'm going to help drive the plot forward, I guess. But if people are going to suffer well, for it. And I believe at that point when they're going to try to, like, save Andy, um, that's a – they've been down into the parking garage before. Um, but I think that's when shit goes off um, where they end up, like, spraying gas all over the zombies and setting them on fire. Mm. Um, and then, uh, and then everybody's, uh, running up the stairs and they got the shotguns just like going crazy, like headshotting them left and right. (laughs) Like that's where it amps up. Oh man. There's some, it's true during this time where we get the coolest scene of the film, I think, which is the action upgrade. Like the, you know, it's the Batman suiting up scene with like, all right. We're taking these oh, yeah. trucks and yes. we're turning them into murder machines. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like it's like the it's like the eighties, nineties montage mm-hmm. that you <laughs> love to see. 
Yeah. It's like we're gonna we're gonna beef up these trucks and we're gonna suit them up. Um, and I think uh, one of the kind of funnier scenes that I laugh at is um, uh, when when the main dude so they they make like uh, openings in the side of the vans so that they can stick a chainsaw. Yeah, so, there. so and, yeah, cool. <laughs> and, he's, and he he tells he tells the girl he's like he's like hey check this out this is pretty cool. He's like, there's an opening here, and I can throw a chainsaw through there. And she's like, oh, that's romantic. Yes, that's the most that's the most romantic thing you anyone's ever said to me. I love it. Yeah, she did. She did move on it's from great. her husband pretty quickly. I know it's been a handful of days, but that's the only thing I I, I can pick at this film. Like, I just felt like it, we didn't need a love story. No, we didn't. Like, I mean, if you did the Walking Dead thing, where after um after Rick's wife thinks that he's dead and she ends up like going yeah. to Shane, that's a little bit different. Like, Oh, out of necessity, out of protection, out of like pure impulse or in cabin fever. Like when they're like, we know we're going to die. So I guess we'll just bang until we die. <laughs> like that's because people question that one as well. Like with Serena Vincent you know, hooks up with Ryder strong. Like I love their, that, and I love their dialogue that, there where it's like, you don't want to use condoms. Don't worry. I'm healthy. While, yeah, while her skin, while her skin's skin just yeah. coming off her back. Yeah. <laughs> But like that's not the way it's presented. Like their relationship is presented a bit like a love story, and um, to me, that's the only thing that doesn't quite fit for me. Like I'll yeah. take it. Like you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Sure, like, whatever. It doesn't ruin the film. But that was the one thing where I'm like, oh, like there's probably a better way to approach it. But it's a really great film, so I'm not going to pick yeah. on it too much. So that's well, the only they, thing. They, they also don't really give you a timeline, so you don't mm. know necessarily how long they're there that's true um, yeah that I montage mean, could be a couple of weeks for all we know uh, yeah i mean i i kind of in in watching it or you know whatever i'm i'm assuming it's like a month or so but mm. that's just the the gist that i'm getting but you also don't know how long it is like it yeah. could be longer than that and you also you also uh, got to imagine but, too like what toll that would take being in that situation for so long where you cannot leave this series of areas in, you know, danger of dooming you and your group. And, you know, you gotta, you know, like Jason, one movie that, uh, that you and I discussed early on in the show, um, that we recommend to you, James, if you haven't seen it was hunger. Is that the, uh, is that Michael Fassbender? It's, uh, no, no, it's, it's like a little lower budget horror film from like 2009, where this was guy Bucky was it IFC? I think so. It's a real small studio that put it out. I think I've heard. I think I've heard. I've heard because there are a couple of hunger films, and there's one that's a horror, one that's a drama. I think the Fastbender one's the drama, so this must be the horror yeah. one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so yeah. basically, this it's like just called. I think it's just called Hunger, not yeah. like the Hunger. Like mm-hmm. I think it's just Hunger. Yeah, and it's basically this guy, this crazy guy, wants to throw this group of people into like the bottom of a well, and see how long they will last without food mm. and without you know, eating. Yeah. They're left to only each other and the bottom of the well. Like there's no, <laughs> like there's barely any. I think he gives them water too to like exacerbate their yeah, hunger. He gives them- Yep. He gives him water, but he doesn't give him anything to eat. And he's just watching uh, them on like a, a surveillance cameras yeah. to see what they'll do. And they're, uh, he, 
he even says there's like a clock in there that says like 30 days if you yeah. can make it 30 days and there's I'll let you go but. yeah and there's and there's uh you know people start to you know shack up in in couples down at the bottom because what else are you gonna do so you gotta imagine like this cabin fever is gonna take a toll on you and you're gonna crave something outside of just the same routine every day so I can kind of mm. I can kind of give her that in moving on from her husband so quickly however long it might be it does I found it I found the movie you're talking about yeah um I can put on my list. It's got Lyndon Ashby, who was Johnny Cage in the 90s. Yes, 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 yes. There we go. All right, I'm on board. Yeah, (laughs) it's a good, it's a good one, man. But um, yeah, it's it's actually kind of a tough watch. Yeah, it's it's good. That was episode two of this podcast. So once you go watch the the movie, definitely come back and and hear our thoughts, so you can talk to us about it. But um, you know, we, I will say that the love story does lead to kind of an abrupt ending to the movie that feels a little out of left field because we obviously get the they ram through the zombies because their plan is to finally leave them all because they don't want to just wait to die and wait for zombies to get in they're like we're gonna take the trucks we're gonna plow through the zombies go to the boatyard and then go to Mm -hmm. an island where there's not many people so we can get away um which i do love a moment that happens in there where one of them crashes and Ty Burrell's yes. character, who's just been a an asshole throughout the whole movie to everyone, they have a Anna has one of the greatest comebacks ever, where they're talk they're debating about killing people when they turn into zombies, and uh, Ty Burrell's like, "Look, when I if I become one of those things, you have my permission to put a bullet in me." She's like, yeah. "Don't worry, I will. You can count on that." Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, "Damn." And then later on, um, he does become one, and she just she's like, "I got this." Literally, just puts a bullet in him, and then Ving, yeah. Ving Rhames yeah. just goes, "Damn!" <laughs> like, <laughs> no you hesitation. Also get, oh, sorry. Um, you also get the what I one thing that I had forgotten and was quite shocking is the chainsaw. Like when he ends up cutting into the girl as well. I was like, yeah. "Oh Christ, <laughs> I forgot about that moment!" Like it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. The, the the truck turns over, or whatever, and the chainsaw's going. Um, and yeah, like saws are like basically in half. I wonder if Michael uh, thought it was still cool after that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like a, there's, there's a death scene in the black Christmas 2006, uh, version James that we talked about before. That's kind of similar to that. You're like, mm-hmm. man, all these zombie deaths, right. And you get killed by some idiot with a chainsaw that doesn't know what to do. And there's mm-hmm. a death scene in black Christmas 2006 where all this slasher killings going on. Right. And then there's one character that just gets killed by a random icicle that falls off the house and goes through her head. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I wow, love that stuff. Though, you got man. the like, short. That's, that's the slapstick <laughs> moment right there. Like that's that's the descent. You know, everyone's getting eaten by this monster. This one girl gets a pickaxe through the head. It's like, yeah. oh man, like from a friend. Yeah. <laughs> like you have to have one like human error kill. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. But yeah, no. So we. So I will say what I was saying. Well, we're wait, well. We got We got to back up for just a second. Do because it. we cannot do this episode without talking about the zombie baby. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We, we looked right over that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you have the the chick that is pregnant. Um, it's Mackay Pfeiffer's uh, wife or fiance, whatever it is. And she's been bitten. Um, so you, you find out or you know that eventually she's going to kind of turn, but they hide it from you. Um, but she's pregnant as well. 
so when she gives birth, which is nasty as shit. Yeah, chains her to the bed, <laughs> yeah. puts a belt in her mouth. Yeah, she's mm. she's all chained up and she's got a gag in her mouth and everything, and then she's shooting blood out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and then the baby comes out, and then uh, that's that's how the other old woman dies. Uh, she comes to check on him. She wants to see what's going on or wants to see if she can help uh, Mackay Pfeiffer's uh, fiance or wife or whatever. Um, and she walks in, and Mackay Pfeiffer's got the zombie baby, um, it, which is creepy. That might be the only CG. I think the eyes are CGI, but everything else looks practical to me. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's yeah, and because so. it's because it's half and half, it's really messed up looking. Yeah, <laughs> it looks really. Yeah. Weird. I don't know if well, you remember. It's, 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 Sorry, go it's 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 not the uh, it's not the uh, vampire baby from Twilight. So <laughs> I haven't good. seen that. So I uh, yeah. I'll have to go and check it out. Let the let the snobbery continue, James. You don't need to see Twilight. <laughs> 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 you can be I, uh, your teenage film that. snob there. I uh, I don't have anywhere near as many problems with Twilight as me- me- other people seem to have. Like those films weren't made for me. I was never a fourteen year old girl. I'm not the audience. So, oh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I don't know if you remember Jason. Like obviously you said your your daughters are a bit older now. They're, they're seven years old each. But my daughter's only two and a half. So like I remember what she looked like when she came out. And like to see that twisted version of that in Dawn of the Dead was yeah, uh, haunting. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Um, and and it's funny because um especially especially like my girls like they came out with these just like haunting like blue eyes like just uh just these i mean bluest eyes i've ever seen like i'm like how is that even possible um and you know looking at them and yeah seeing this movie you're just like whoa (laughs) so you had little game Um, of thrones babies little white walker babies exactly yeah i had little white walkers yep different kind of zombie um (laughs) well and i i I always laugh too um and people laugh at me um so they were premature they were they were like really young uh they were only about two pounds when they were born um but i remember the nurses picking them up and when when they're that little like their bones are not even fully formed yet it's pretty much cartilage and mm. like the the nurses were like bending their arms backwards and, oh. shit. and i was like <laughs> i was like bitch be careful that's my kid what are you doing <laughs> jeez She's yeah like, we can't no, we dude. can't exchange this we can't return it like, <laughs> yeah wow i was like dude what are you doing she's like no it doesn't hurt him and i'm like Anyways, <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's my fault. No, like, it's all good, man. This is the longest man. episode you guys have ever done, I think. No, it's all good, man. We're good, but we do it, uh, we do it constantly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no. So we, so as we get to the ending here, and we sort of bring the episode home. I, the reason we, when we brought up the uh, the love story, is it does lead to kind of an abrupt ending that does feel very out of left field, in that Michael gets bit on the way to the boats, and uh, right. Also a devastating death scene because he's just a badass character. Is CJ's death when he blows up the truck? I was I wanted to, I was <laughs> gonna say I'm like we needed he gets redemption like after he does. all that he does like just like he gets a cool ending yeah yeah he does go from yeah, being an he, asshole he, he to tosses the, he tosses the propane tank out right yeah he shoots the propane no Jason yeah. say it right what Pro- oh, pa- propane propane, and propane accessories 
<laughs> yeah, I was hoping you were going to do the voice. Propane. <laughs> propane. But, propane uh, accessories. Yeah, no, so CJ gets the redemption arc. You know, he goes down swinging and uh, just a badass moment. He's shooting zombies that are like a foot away from his face and, you know, just goes and shoots the tank. But then, so as we wrap it up, like Michael gets bit and then it's like this heartfelt goodbye between him and Anna. And it's like a, she's like, I can help you. I can help you. And like, they romantically say goodbye to each other. And it does feel a little abrupt because the way the movie ends is we fade to black by hearing the gunshot from Michael putting a bullet in himself on the, on the dock as the boat like sort of drives away. Yeah. And it does feel a little out of left field because I, we only saw one scene of them like having feelings for each other. I think Uh, even though they were always communicating, I only got romance from them like once. So it was a little bit abrupt the way it ends, but it is still like Michael's an awesome character and he was always trying to help people. So it does. Yeah, he gets a little bit of the 30 Days of Night ending where it's like, I'm just going to sit here and watch the sunrise. That's true. And then like dies at at sunrise, like, um, which I I thought of and being like, oh, that's an interesting connection I hadn't noticed before. Like, the kind of is very similar. Yeah. And 30 Days of Night would be a fantastic double feature with this as well as the thing. So, uh,. I'll be honest, if we keep finding connections, but, we're just going to have like four days of movies. Like, this would be a great double feature. Yeah. <laughs> 40 movies. <laughs> right. But no, that's... But that's... You're, also, you're also forgetting... And, uh, Bucky, did you watch the the after credits or the Ooh, the scariest scene? part of the movie, you mean? <laughs> I did not watch the after credits. Yeah. I didn't know there was anything after. Oh, yeah, man. What is it? Oh, the, so, the, the ending so, credits are the scariest part of the film. <laughs> yeah, so... Snyder did it before Marvel did it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, after, uh, after the credits roll, like at the end, you know, uh, Michael shoots himself. um, But then they show all of them on the boat and they start running out of water um, and they start running out of food. And then they find an Island. And when they get to the Island, they're like, Oh, this is awesome. Like, you know, we, you know, we made it. Um, and so <laughs> they walk onto the island and as they get on the island, as soon as they're there, like 10 seconds later, you see them running away because there's zombies chasing them off of the <laughs> island. Jeez. Yeah, it's, um, it's and, and basically like, they all die. It's all wow. for nothing. So it's an alien. Three. Yeah, it's all for nothing. It's an alien three moment. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and um and they play the, the the disturbed version of Down with the Sickness over okay. the credits. Um, yeah. yeah. That was um, that was four years after their album The Sickness, so I'm sure Disturbed was on every single soundtrack possible. <laughs> but uh, yeah, those end credits are great. Like I was sitting there and I'm like, I've got like, I think there's more. And yeah, like they find the camera on the boat, so Steve's camera, and there's like some early footage of him with like some naked girls and stuff. <laughs> and then it comes to like the footage of them like just yeah, as um, as Jason put it perfectly, like just in kind of like deteriorating, thinking they found salvation, only for it to all go horribly wrong. <laughs> um, it's a solid flick. Yeah, no, like, it's, it holds uh, up like insanely well. Yeah, so let's let's bring it on home. Like, uh, you know, enough said from my end. Like, this is a fantastic movie, amazing zombie movie. Every time I watch it, it's a ride, and uh, mm-hmm. it's just fun. But it's also got. James Gunn and Zack Snyder know how to make characters that you care about, but they also know how to scare the hell out of you. And uh, this every time, this movie is just an amazing journey. 
and it's funny, it's scary, it's entertaining, it's action. Um, yeah, it's it's a great movie. So uh, strong, strong uh, two thumbs up from from me, Jason James. <laughs> you guys got any closing thoughts yeah, on? Yeah, I uh, mean, I, I I would love I would love for the, the two of them to get together and do something else. They should, uh, dude. In the horror, in the horror scene or horror genre. Um, you know, of course, Gunn has done a great job with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and, uh, you know, all of his stuff. And, you know, Snyder, we can uh, we can have a conversation about the uh, <laughs> the Justice League movies and the DC universe. But um, but no, uh, like they did a great job with the movie. Um, and it's it's one that still sticks with me, man. Like, mm-hmm. and. I, I think it's a rare one that I actually love better than the original because mm. of course right now or not even just right now, but you know, in a couple of years past, everybody's about uh, doing these remakes and, you know, trying to do it better than the original. Um, and I, I thought that it held up perfectly. And, and to be honest, uh, watching this versus, the original Dawn of the Dead, I would watch the new one all day long mm-hmm. <laughs> versus the original. So I love it. Amazing. Yeah. James, what you got? What I love about this flick, because the first time I saw it, I was like, this is badass. Like, that's what it was. My review was, like, what a badass movie. Yep. Like, it's an action It's an action film. Uh, it's, a, it's a zombie film. Like, it's just, it's as a teenage boy, it was everything I wanted in a movie. What I love about this flick is not only does it age well, every time I revisit I've changed and the way I've changed affects the way I enjoy this film. And it doesn't, it only gets better. Like, so I watched it a few years ago when I was in my late twenties and I was like, Oh, like I hadn't realized that there's such good character moments. This I hadn't realized there were so many wonderful emotional moments that, and I watched it this time around as, as a father. And I, I say it a lot, but like it affected me in a different way as well. Like you've got Lindy Booth and her dad, you've got Mackay Pfeiffer and his baby. You've got these really strong family moments and, and relationship moments. Like, the whole Michael storyline, like they, they do a really good platonic thing, but there's not much romance there. But even just like, you know, I said before, my favorite scene is the quietest scene in the film where she's lost her husband and she has to wait 24 hours to mourn him and like just contemplate it. Like there's so much complexity in this film that audiences, I don't think, are seeing the first time around and shouldn't, you know, the first time around, you just want to get scared. You want to have a good time. But it's a film that demands rewatching because there's so much going on. Um, I haven't seen a James Gunn film I haven't liked. You know, like obviously his Guardians films are great. The Suicide Squad is awesome. But like, go and watch Super. Like, Super is a wonderful film. Like, it's really dark. Yeah, Super, is, Super is really good. Um, and Slither, obviously, um, you know, is uh, wonderful yeah, as well. Yeah, man. Love Slither. Yeah. Um, and he, and uh, the same thing, it's the same thing. Like, it's characters. Like, when Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one got announced, people were laughing. Like, oh, Marvel's lost their minds. We're doing the Talking Tree Raccoon movie. Like, I've seen the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. That is going to be a tear fest from start to finish. Oh, like, yeah, dude. And it's because he knows how to write character. Like, he just he just gets it. And he puts, you know, time and, and compassion. Like, he made Peacemaker. I don't know if you guys watched Peacemaker, that show, last year. Show I wasn't interested in. I didn't. Like, he was probably the least interesting character for me in the film. And you turned the biggest villain in that movie into a goddamn hero in that TV show. You walk away loving him. Like, this gun knows what he's doing. Um, and Snyder, obviously, like, master storyteller. He's a, he's a divisive figure, but like that film is like this Dawn of the Dead is perfect. 
like it's a 10 for me like and we can't say that about many films it's it's just wonderfully executed and i just love that not only does it stay consistently good over time the more you change and grow up the better it gets as well um which isn't can't be said for a lot of films this is true well i will i will say this to you um while we're talking about guardians because that new one's coming out Mm -hmm. um seeing the trailer um and the song is space hog yeah (laughs) like dude i love that song so much (laughs) and it was a different version of it and i was like oh my god like and that's that's like half of the love for guardians of the galaxy man Mm -hmm. that first mixtape oh like everything on there is perfect every song on there is great i mean Um, when when the opening of number two happened and brandy you're a fine girl played i'm like you're kidding me like you're kidding me. You're doing like I haven't heard Brandy. You're a fine girl in a, over a decade. Like the last time I heard on a movie was Charlie's Angels. Like you're doing Brandy. Like oh, James come Like you are pulling them all out. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, Perfect, enough enough said from uh, from all three of us. Uh, it's an amazing movie, and uh, I'm glad that uh, James, you could join us to talk about it today. This was, uh, it was such an honor, not just to appear on, on the show, but to be the guy who talks to you about this film, because yeah. I know it's a, a point of passion for you guys. So I wanted to bring my A game and just like lay it down <laughs> as best as possible. So I hope I've done the film proud and the show proud. Oh, absolutely, um, man. We we have been ecstatic to have you on. And uh, around the same time, you know, we're, we're kind of, as we're recording this, kind of, you know, figuring out when everything's going to drop. But uh you know, around the same time, we're going to guest on your show. We're going to talk some more movies uh, and branch out from horror a little bit, which me and Jason are very excited and honored to to be a part of. That's what I'm excited about most, like <laughs> pulling you guys, maybe not maybe not out of your comfort zone, but out of your wheelhouse and just going to some oh, different areas. You, you gave me the most difficult question ever, <laughs> uh, which was oh, like top which will, five. It's and ridiculous like, and it's unfair. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, fuck, man, yeah. come on, top five? Like, Because any real film fan knows that the top five is fluid. You never have a set top five for more than a few months, if you're lucky, because it's constantly changing. I When I did, a, when I did mine... I was like, I know what my top five films are, and then Midsummer made its way in there. Nah, mm. um, well, that's a new film. Like most of my favorite films were in like the two thousands or earlier. I was like, Nah, Midsummer. That's going <laughs> to get in. There. That's a great flick. Well, we're certainly going to try our best. So uh, we want to thank James for coming on to talk about this amazing movie with us. Uh, be sure to go subscribe to him and share out his show. He does some amazing stuff over there. Amazing interviews and chats about film and be on the lookout for our episode where we're going to guest on his show and he'll get to uh um break us emotionally and make us pick our (laughs) our favorite movies our top five favorite movies and we're so looking forward to that thank you james for coming on we really appreciate you buddy we are ecstatic to have you on it'll be the first of many times that we bring you back on and uh, we're excited to jump on over to your show. Everybody go check out I Was a Teenage Film Snob and uh, give James all the love because he deserves it, doing some amazing work over there. And uh, we look forward to having him back. But uh, that's our discussion on Dawn of the Dead from 2004. And uh, get in touch with us at, at uh, Midnight Terrors. Come talk some horror with us on social media. Let us know what you want to hear us talk about. Uh, shoot us an email, midnightterrorspodcast at gmail.com. Reach out uh, at Midnight Terrors Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, we will be back again very soon with more 
Horror Talk. Uh, this is Midnight Terrors podcast. Jason, how do we say it here? Uh, Midnight Terrors. I don't know why I keep asking you that question because we say it differently all the time. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway. Well, I, I, I have to keep changing the inflection. This is true. This is true. <laughs> but anyway, that's the Midnight Terrors podcast for today, everyone. Yeah. Thank you for listening. We love you guys. We will we love you all. We will see you next week. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>